It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fence side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, finfanatic.com, as well as the Fan Sided Network. We're continuing to trudge our way through the summer. We're going to talk about the wide receiver and tight end spot here and take a deep dive into that. But before we do, Paul, uh, if you haven't heard, Tua threw uh, five interceptions in practice the other day in a torrential downpour. Um, do you care? Not really. I mean, on a day that they told Tua to be aggressive with the throws, see what he can fit in there, uh, figure out what works and doesn't as far as that goes, as far as the aggressive throws and try to fit into tight windows, in a monsoon you know, it, it's it is what it is, man. It, I I just in the first real practice of the year. I'm, right. It's not, we're not in the regular season. We're not in the preseason. We're not even in, we're not even in training camp. We're, we're we're barely into mini camp, and you know, it's not worth talking about, quite honestly. And then the next day, Tua throws six touchdowns. Uh, uh, when it's sunny out, and uh, I, who's reporting this stuff? I, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's. But I, I'll tell you what, Dan Orlovsky, because it's been talked about uh, on ESPN and the NFL Network. I feel like we have to talk about it. Dan made a perfect comment about this, though. Is he said that the Dolphins would be doing to a, a complete disservice if he they got him into a situation where it's week six of the NFL season. And he's going up against cover two, and he sees Jalen Waddle uh, downfield 30 yards, and he's not quite sure if he can fit the ball in there. So this, what I like about this is that is that uh, uh, the Dolphins coaching staff is challenging Tua every day, and that's clear at this point right now to be aggressive and throw the ball down the field because that is not only what it takes to be successful in the NFL, but also fits the personnel with the wide receivers and tight ends that we're going to talk about. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out-of-this-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Yeah, and 
one thing I, and, and before we leave off on it is and this is something that I tell my kids when I coach this is something I've heard other coaches tell kids when they coach them and this is even at the earliest age practice is where you make mistakes so you can learn so you can be ready to go on game day if you're not making mistakes in practice you're not practicing hard enough you're not practicing the right things you're practicing the things you already know only at that point because it's those mistakes are how you either a get better at the thing that you're not good at or b figure out where your talent level really is at and what things you can and can't do and that's to us still like rookie part b this year given the way last season was so this is a chance for him to sit there with a full off season and figure out which throws work at the nfl level figure and I hate to break this to folks, but if you can squeeze those throws in against our secondary, even without Xavier Howard on the field, you can squeeze them in against almost anybody. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, and I still maintain that the narrative with Tua and the reason that ESPN, NFL Network, all these other publications catch on to this so quickly and report it is A, because uh, the South Florida media can't keep their mouth shut. And number two, if Justin Herbert hadn't done what he did last year and Tua weren't pulled, everyone would be regarding Tua's rookie season as a very promising one. But that that's not the case uh, in the public eye right now. But I, what I like about Tua and, and what I'm, I'm excited about is the weapons that he has. And if you watch him... Uh, in, in these highlight uh, tapes and all, all the word coming out of camp too is that he has built him up built himself up a lot stronger at least at this point so that he can drive on those legs which was not or at least didn't look like the case last year well and and, and on the day he threw the five interceptions he also made a lot of beautiful plays as well and then he came out when the weather cleared the following day by all accounts and just lit the world on fire out there on the practice field so again it's you know i think somebody else put it best at least he didn't do what fitzpatrick did one time and throw five in an actual game i'm good with it yeah and i would be more concerned if we came out of mini camp out of training camp and the word was that Tua was not throwing any interceptions, just being a caretaker, dumping the ball down. I like that they're drilling him, drilling it into his head that you have to be aggressive and you have to throw the ball downfield because that wasn't the case last year because he was a rookie and they were taking it slow with him. But one thing that should be taken a little bit more seriously here uh, is, is Xavier Howard and him being – at least right now, holding out of OTAs. And this is something that, that should be taken seriously. I mean, we had David Cantor on our show several years ago, and that is Xavier Howard's new agent. And we remember this guy is a bulldog. Uh, Paul Sol, he, he came on the show, and he was representing Olivier Vernon. He was rep- representing Paul Solii. Those guys left town. And I'm not saying Xavier Howard's good, but there is a reason why uh, – Xavier Howard switches agents to David Cantor. I can tell you what that reason was. Um, when he renegotiated, he 
talked to about three different agents, and this is this is a real story that's out there. Um, he talked to about three different agents, and David Cantor told him the time to renegotiate was not right now. He told him to wait a year. And Xavier Howard did not listen to David Cantor, wound up choosing a different agent, renegotiating on the spot with a deal that very rapidly looked like trash um, before that season even started. So he turned around, fired his agent, and hired David Cantor to come in and be his agent because David Cantor was the only one that sat there, told him to his face, if you renegotiate right now, you're an idiot. The other ones jumped all over just to have the, the potential defensive player of the year, and he came out, tore everyone down to the studs instead of being just off an in, you know, and... Yeah, Canner was honest with him and, and called him out and said, "Don't do it. Wait till this upcoming off season." So he went with the guy that actually gave him good advice, as opposed to the, the idiot that didn't. That well, he went with it first. And so the Dolphins definitely got a good deal back in 2019. They mm-hmm. re-signed Xavier Howard or extended him. Excuse me, five years, seventy-five million dollars, only twenty-seven million guaranteed, which is pretty shocking when you look back in hindsight. Um, Jerome Baker. Yeah, I mean, because now when now after the basically, without going through all the dollars and cents, what it comes down to is after the twenty twenty one season, when you look at Xavier and Howard's contract between twenty twenty two and twenty twenty four when his contract ends, it's basically a three year forty million dollar contract with no money guaranteed, and he's coming off a season with ten interceptions where he was a defensive player of the year candidate. So this is, let's face it, uh, either him or Aaron Donald. I I would say 50, 50 flip a coin, but uh, yeah, I, I I definitely understand what you're saying. So now is the time for him to strike. And and I get that from him, but the dolphins also cannot afford to lose an Xavier Howard because uh, let's be honest here. If if they cut Bobby McCain, who we like, but that's not a huge needle mover. But if you lose Bobby McCain, Xavier Howard, and now you put in no Igbenogany and Brandon Jones in their second year, that that secondary goes from one of the best in the league at an A or an A minus, maybe down a full letter grade if you don't have Xavier Howard there. No, I would say it's probably a B right now uh, with a lot of upside, but still sitting at a B with you know a first and second year player starting possibly or possibly. Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry, with probably a first and second year player because my thought here is that Javon Holland probably starts over Brandon Jones. Um, but, again, that's to, not to say Brandon Jones doesn't get a lot of playing time. But you can't have a potential defensive player of the year candidate leave your defense and not have it hurt, uh, especially at a position that based on the defense that Miami runs, cornerback is the most important position. Having a lockdown corner is the most important thing on this defense. And that's why Byron Jones got paid. That's why Xavier Howard got paid, even though he did it too early and a little stupidly. Um, and, And there's room to pay him. If he goes up $5 million a year, he's still... If I'm remembering correctly, I did the math like a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't believe he'd be the highest paid corner in the NFL still. So 
if he's willing to do that, you know what? Lock the guy up. Yeah, basically, the way it looks to me is that there are two ways to look at this. Is If Xavier Howard is looking to be the, the highest paid corner on the Dolphins roster over Byron Jones, then I don't think it's going to be hard to get that done. Uh, you, you move, you basically guarantee a lot of his money in 2022 and 2023. Uh, and, uh, you, you give him a you, you give him a raise over a period of three or four years. I don't think that's hard to do. What would get ugly though is when you take a look at Jalen Ramsey as the highest paid cornerback in the NFL, making you know twenty million a year, twenty to twenty one million a year, and if he if if Xavier is saying, hey, look, I want to be extended three four years here, and I, I want to be paid twenty three and. 2023, 2024, and guaranteed money, and I want that to exceed Jalen Ramsey's, then I think it could be a problem. Uh, so we'll see, but I don't know, man. It's it's going to be tough yeah, if, I mean, if, if he wants to be the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL now after pocketing his guaranteed money over the past two years. And, and what makes this probably a little bit hard for Chris Greer and, and for uh, – Flores and, and company is the fact that Miami right now has the absolute most 2021 cap dollars assigned to the cornerback position of any team in the NFL. Um, they've got 41 point almost two million tied up in their in their sec in just the cornerback positions in their secondary. Uh, they've got 13 players right now, so that'll probably diminish a little bit, but we're not talking about any of the big dollar guys. Um, and as far as that goes, that's pretty freaking huge. So to add to that would be a little bit rough to do, even though I do think they need to pay X. Um, Xavier Howard right now is averaging $13.5 million, I think, a season, or his cap number this year is $13.5 million. You said um, Jalen Ramsey's $21 million. Yeah, twenty million. Yeah, I mean, in reality, I would be absolutely willing, more than willing, to pay Xavier Howard at least eighteen and a half million a year, um, off of this deal. And you may be able to do that. I'm sorry, I'm I'm looking at the cap numbers on the fly. No, I I think you're. I'll stop you right there. I think you're right on that. And it depends on where that money is spread out to, because that's what it comes down. Because Chris Greer made a great re-signing in 2019 with Xavier Howard. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to, because he front-loaded the contract, gave him all his guaranteed money up front, and now he was a defensive uh, player of the year candidate this past year. And now X is looking at his contract saying, well, wait a minute. This is basically a three-year, $40 million contract with nothing guaranteed. That's not fair to me. So, I don't know. Now, we'll see. But- what I'd be willing to do, though, is you mentioned after 2021 there was a potential out. I would potentially, if I were Greer, look to convert a little bit to bonus and front-load that into 2021 and potentially start the salary cap increases in 2022 in 2023 i know he's going to be getting into his 30s at that point maybe eliminate the 2024 season 
and spread that across the other two. Exactly right. And, and I, that's what has to happen, what you said right there. More guaranteed money pushed up to the front of the contract. And if that happens, we're going to see Xavier and Howard as a Miami Dolphin. And that's going to happen. I, I, I think both sides want to see this get done. Xavier yeah. and Howard just wants to be paid not <laughs> I mean, as the number one cornerback on his own team. And it's it's about contract structure. Uh, that's what it's coming down to right now. Byron Jones was paid what he was paid, you know, five years. Uh, hold on. Uh, five years, 82 million with 46 million guaranteed one year after Howard was extended, but it was because of the market. It was because he was one of the top free agents out there. It wasn't a slight against Xavier Howard. That, that's ridiculous to think that, you know? Um, so, We'll see. But I think Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, along with the quarterback position, are the three most important parts of the team because you have to be able to throw the ball and you have to be able to stop the passing game in the NFL. And if the Dolphins do that successfully, they're they're gonna they're gonna be a good team, not only for this year, but for for twenty twenty two and twenty through twenty twenty four and for the foreseeable future. But Paul, we've uh, we've gone on along about for for a long time about Tua, about Xavier and Howard. This show is really about the wide receiver and the tight end position, and um, man, it's a crowded room. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of players to talk about here. So, uh, Pro Football Focus ranks the Dolphins' wide receiver and tight end position combined at ninth behind in this exact order uh the rams 49ers broncos vikings bills chiefs cowboys and bucks so ninth overall i would bump that up a couple of spots and the reason for that is because if this receiving unit stays happy and stays healthy i mean it's the top four guys you could you could gush on about at uh, four players at 28 years older and 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 younger. Devontae Parker led all AFC receivers in yards just two years ago. Mike Kosicki was fourth among all tight ends in the NFL last year. William Fuller will will full. Uh, I don't know if it's Will Fuller the fifth or William Fuller, who is a former defensive end for the Eagles. If you take a look at his 11 games last year, he had, if, and you project them over 16 games. If you, you say he didn't get, he didn't get in trouble with the PEDs. He would have, he would have finished the year third in receiving yards behind only Stefan Diggs and, and, and uh, Travis Kelsey and second in touchdowns, but behind only Tyree kill. And then you've got Jalen Waddell, who was the sixth overall pick in the draft. So there are weapons galore at the top four for uh, t- uh, for for Tua here in the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, no, I I'm excited about. It. I mean, it's it's hilarious to me. You said ninth, and I went ahead and counted our tight ends. I was really hoping it was nine, but we only have eight on the roster if you count Carl Tucker. Uh, so, oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> not that again. Uh, dude, it, it, it's no, but I mean, to me, it's just crazy. 
We've got, I believe it's 14 or 15 wide receivers, eight tight ends on the roster. Good Lord. It's a lot of bodies. I feel bad for Chris Myrick. You know, I, I always thought he showed promise, but um, he's going to get cut. Yeah. So he can go show promise. And that's the cool but thing. It, the thing I, I like with this position is because of the talent and depth here, I think that this is a position group between wide receiver and tight end that we're most likely to see some trades come out of and acquire acquisition of draft capital for next year. And even a fifth round pick helps. It, it, it just it, it sets you up well. It gives you some capital to move up. The fifth round has been a pretty damn good round for Chris Greer anyhow. And so really, like, if Miami's able to move, say, I know everybody's going to hate me for this, but Preston Williams for a conditional fifth-round pick, I would do that in a heartbeat right now, especially given the fact that Robert Foster had a huge week at OTAs. Yeah, I mean, Robert Foster is somebody I, I, I don't even – have among the top nine Dolphins receivers now. I mean, <laughs> Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell, Bowden, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, Matt Collins, Malcolm Perry, and then 10th is Robert Foster, who is a 4-2-40 player who is, has averaged, what, over 19 yards a catch in the NFL? Um, Matt yeah, Collins has averaged over 19 yards a drop in the NFL. Uh, yeah, but I'll tell you, when it comes to Matt Collins, he has been on the Dolphins roster for 20 games, and he has dressed for 20 games because of special teams. So that's why I think he's going to actually end up making the roster. Otherwise, somebody has to take his spot on special teams because it's it, it's it's nice sitting here thinking, okay, this guy has upside, this guy can do this, this guy can do that, but we know that Brian Flores, especially coming from his New England background where they keep players like Matt Slater, who's a seven-time special team pro, pro bowler, you know, they're going to keep special teams guys. And I, I think Matt Collins is going to end up being one of those guys. But anyway, we've I've, I've talked way too long about Matt Collins already. Um, where it becomes a bloodbath here among Dolphins fans is after you get past Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, Will Fuller, and Jalen Waddell as the top four guys, I mean, I think Lynn Bowden is a lock, first of all. Uh, the Dolphins traded for him last year. They got Lynn Bowden and a sixth-round pick, and they gave away a fourth-round pick. Um, he had, on 36 targets last year, 28 catches and did not drop one pass. To me, when you, when you combine that with his ability to play, he's drafted as a running back and – showed ability to be a wildcat quarterback in certain looks too i think he's a lock to make the roster do you agree on that i'm sorry was that malcolm perry or was uh, that no a... that's a uh, lynn bowden lynn bowden i do think lynn bowden makes the roster yeah uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say a lock but i think he's got a very high probability of making this roster all right so high probability would you say 75 percent I'd say like 74.5%. Okay, 74.5%. I'll go with that. So then after that, Albert Wilson, you know, if, if he gets, if he continues to develop that rapport that we've heard about throughout training camp um, with Tua, I mean, 
yeah, the Dolphins could save a few million dollars by cutting him, but he probably makes it as well. And what I do think is, is a, and he's talked about it, and Albert Wilson has said that taking the year off, and this may have been a strategy on his end, it may have been to protect his family, it may be a combination of both, but he, he had a lot of injuries over a couple of years. And now developing a, a rapport with Tua, um, he said his body's fresh. And I think that's going to help him in his odds to make the roster. Yeah, sorry, I was answering somebody in the chat. Which guy were you talking about on that one? Jake? Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson? I do think Albert Wilson makes the roster. I think Miami's going to keep six wide receivers this year and possibly slot a, a, another one as a running back, as we talked about in our previous show. Uh, I do think Albert Wilson makes this roster, and I've got one more in mind after him. And then gotcha. So turns into some tough cuts. Yeah, it, it, it certainly does. Uh, so we've got Parker... Fuller, Waddle, Bowden, Wilson. Um, then it gets down to, I, I know you see uh, Preston Williams getting axed or getting traded. I, I think it's, it, again, another team would be crazy not to give a late round pick for Preston Williams. And I say the same thing for Durham Smythe at tight end. And I say the same thing for Jakeem Grant as well. I mean, Jakeem Grant is, is you know, I, I go back and forth on him because the Dolphins can save $4 million by cutting him. But I think this might be the best punt returner in the league. Yeah, and I would I would keep Jakeem Grant much to a lot of people's chagrin. He seems to have developed the rapport with two of this offseason. Uh, they've been working together a lot, and I know he's been hitting him in practice, and he's been catching the deep ball in practice now. Uh, and if that's the case, he has too much physical talent, uh, in addition to being the best punt returner in the league, in my opinion, or close to. And what I you mentioned the the Preston Williams thing, and I was just talking about this in our chat. I I would push for a conditional fifth round pick for Preston Williams and it's because of his injury history you have to make that conditional fifth round pick be something where it's wholly dependent upon number of games that he dresses for next year Uh, if he dresses for all 16 it's definitely a fifth round pick if he dresses for 10 it might slide to a sixth if he dresses for five or less it, it it may be a seventh or it may disappear altogether. I mean, you have to be flexible with what you'll take for Preston Williams and try to maximize the value and bet on the player staying healthy where if he stays healthy, you get the best best, and they probably won't be unhappy with that fifth round pick if he manages to play 16 games for once. Yeah, I I players on the bottom of the roster, when we talk about Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, it would probably be a conditional seventh round pick that could move up to a sixth. I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, but we're not talking about a difference of a lot here. No. And, I mean, and, and I, if, if, if I were not, this is the way I put it. If I were another team looking at the Dolphins roster, if, if we were, you know, New York Giants fans, for example, looking at the Dolphins roster, I'd be thinking, gosh, there's a lot of talent on that roster. Like I mean, there's seven or eight deep at the wide receiver spot. I hope they cut or want to trade one of those guys. And I, I think they will. And in August, 
that is the time for Chris Greer to make those trades. I mean, we looked at, uh, you know, Laramie Tunzel back in 2019. That was the time to make that trade. Um, it, back last year, Raquan McMillan, Lynn Bowden, that, that's when those trades happened as well. So, yeah, I, I think that you're going to see some players at, at wide receiver and tight end get moved. But looking at the tight end spot, you know. Well, before we move on, I actually want to mention somebody that got brought up in, or actually mentioned two people here. Uh, one of them got brought up in chat, and that's Kirk Merritt. I'm really, really hoping Miami can hide him on the practice squad in case an injury happens. Um, because if you're correct and Matt Collins makes the roster and, say, Devontae Parker gets hurt or week one in place of Lynn Bowden, maybe you keep him on the roster. Uh, I would much rather have Kirk Merritt running routes than Matt Collins any day of the week. I mean, Kirk Merritt's a guy I really, really liked when they got him as an undrafted free agent. I was very high on him, and I really hope that there's a role on this team, whether that's on the practice squad or not, if they can hide him for a little while longer. Um, you know, because Will Fuller is not under contract after this coming year, so you may need somebody kind of groomed and ready to step up uh, and backfill. And I do think Merritt's one of those guys. Another guy I want to mention is somebody that's under contract and might hurt a little bit to cut financially, but I just don't see making the roster, even though. Brian Flores did mention him by name in a presser the other day, and that's Alan Hearns. Um, I just don't think he has enough talent given the guys that are in front of him, and I would hope Miami's able to move him for literally anything at this point. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I didn't even have Alan Hearns in these notes for our our, our show today. Uh, just, I mean, I, I'm... <laughs> In my mind, he's already been cut. Like I look, he, this is a player that had an eleven hundred yard season with Blake Bortles, a quarterback, back in twenty fifteen. He had a hundred plus yard game against the Dolphins that year. But I mean, what's what's the end game with Alan Hearns? Like he's he he doesn't play special teams very well. And okay, if. He'll be okay he, if he's healthy and dresses. He'll be okay. Yeah. No. No, thank you. I mean, honestly. So, so, so he's the t- so, but, but you've got a lot, so many players here at the bottom of the roster. Wide receiver Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, Kyle Loxley. Uh, Kyle Loxley. Uh, D- uh, AC. We can't even get into developmental players. Kirk Merritt <laughs> has physical tools, no doubt about it, but. I mean, he's 15th on the depth chart. Uh, I, I hope he stays on the practice squad. And with the debt, with, uh, you know, 10 to 12 players being on, on, on the practice squad, you're going to see a couple of wide receivers on there too. So hopefully he gets his shot one day. Yeah, as but, I say, Kai has shown a little bit by reports of chemistry with Tua that might be interesting down the road or given a lot of injuries if he's on that practice squad. Um, and again, like you hit the nail on the head, though it's developmental talent at that point. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So uh, the tight end spot, I mean, it it gets always confusing with Mike Asiki with us, right? Because we consider him a big slot guy, not a tight end, and that brings up an interesting conversation with Hunter Long, with Adam Shaheen, with Durham Smythe. Derm Smythe is in the last year of his contract with the Dolphins, and 
I, I don't see him returning to the team after this year, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was moved here before before the start of the season. Yeah, and, and not only him, but Mike Kosicki's still in the final year of his contract, and there are starting to be rumors circulating about a potential move there. I hope they're not true. Uh, the Durham Smythe thing, I would absolutely consider it. Uh, he's replaceable from within your own roster at this point. If, if you do move on from him. And, and while I do like Durham Smythe, he was a guy that you you know I liked coming out of Notre Dame. Um, I just I see him as a replaceable level talent who can contribute but is not a necessary player, especially given the depth in front of, behind, and equivalent to on this roster. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And it speaks to it as well that this same regime extended Adam Shaheen. So you extended Adam Shaheen, you drafted Hunter Long in the third round, and you've got Mike Sicki and uh, Durham Smythe, who were drafted in tw- and are going to be free agents after the 2021 season. I think there's a pattern there. And I, I, what I really think is going to happen is that Mike Sicki and Durham Smythe are not going to be on the team for longer than the 2021 season. Uh, I I really don't think it, because I think what they're going to do is have a tight end like Hunter Long or Adam Shaheen and then basically spread out the rest of the field for Tua so that he can can operate the field in a way that fits more of his his system. Because this, this whole two and three tight end system over the last uh, yeah, last year did not work, and I, I think they're going to break that up, and I think part of that may be uh, Durham Smythe and Mike, and, and Mike Isicki not being part of that roster. Now, I'm going to agree with you partially on what you just said. That two tight end system didn't fully work the past couple of years, and I think part of that is they didn't truly have somebody on the opposite side of Gesicki that could not only block, but also be a real receiving threat. Not a receiving outlet, we'll go with, but actual threat. Because Hunter Long is deceptive in the way he plays. Uh, he can absolutely be a seam threat. He's got a great catch radius. And he only gets better by playing opposite Mike Gesicki. And by playing with all the deep threats that Miami has, intermediate threat. That, that's the thing I love with the way this roster could be built based on these players that they have at wide receiver and tight end now. It, and based on the, the skill sets of the running backs that they have. They're a team that's designed to attack not only sideline to sideline, but also all three levels of the defense. And... They're forcing a defense to pick their poison. They've got guys that can command a double team. They've got mismatch weapons. They've really stayed the course and stayed true and trusted the process, as we've, we all hear way too often, to be able to set this up for the long haul. And part of that, as much of I, I know I've called him a sissy a few times, and I know he won't see it because he's got me blocked on Twitter and has since the day they drafted him because I said, oh, I like that guy, Dallas Goddard. Um, but as far as that goes, like re-signing Mike Kosicki 
helps make it all work. Yeah. So, and yeah, it gets complicated with the tight end spot. So, yeah, Hunter Long, I think as a as a prospect, is better than Adam Shaheen, and I, I think he will be better as a pro than Adam Shaheen and better than Durham Smythe. But how much better is my question? And you think? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Because I, I think they'll end up doing the same thing, and and I think you might be able to find a player like Hunter Long on the street. Maybe I'm wrong. I think he is going to block slightly less well than Durham Smythe, but he is going to be more of a receiving threat than all the rest of those guys not named Mike Kosicki combined. And that's what I like. I, I look at him as a far more athletic, speedier, shiftier, quicker version of Anthony Fasano. And if if you had given Anthony Fasano an ounce of athleticism, good lord, uh, he would have been a phenomenal t- tight end. As it was, he was a very good tight end, even though it was like he didn't do anything well or didn't do anything great. He did everything reliable and he did everything good. And if you had given him that athleticism, it would have been a Pro Bowl thing way too often. I think Mike Kosicki has an unbelievable ability to high point the football. Yes. And he he showed the ability to do that with Ryan Fitzpatrick over and over again. Mm-hmm. And given the time with Tua, he's going to do that as well. So that's why I hope that the Dolphins extend Mike Kosicki. But what also has to be considered here is what we talked about earlier in the show. You're paying Xavier Howard. You're, you just extended Jerome Baker. You've also got Emmanuel Ogba that you're looking at. And these young players that, we, that the Dolphins have drafted over the last couple of years, they're going to eventually want contracts too. So that all has to figure out, and Chris Greer has to blend that together. But the good situation, Paul, is that Tua has a unbelievable amount of options at the wide receiver and tight end spots. Absolutely. And, and one thing I want to say on the Gasicki contract, because of the unique situation we're in right now, I would absolutely do it and I would backload that contract as much as possible uh, and then give him some bonus money up front that could be spread throughout the life. And the reason I say that is we're adding the 17th game. We're adding playoff teams, which is adding advertising revenue, which is, you know, you're going to see people turn up to stadiums in droves after after COVID as it opens up. And you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see that cap number expand tremendously. Uh, and thank you, John Gordon. Happy Friday to you too. Um, because of that, I would backload that contract based on what I see the cap doing over the next several years as far as Gasicki goes. And like I said, use that bonus that can be spread across the life of it so it doesn't hurt so much when when that contract is first hitting before the con- the the cap goes up but that contract's going to still hold water uh in year four or five if you're able to do that yeah and you know what i said earlier mike Asiki was fourth in the nfl and receiving yards for a tight end it also has to be factored in, too, that Travis Kelsey, who is number one and who's been the dominant tight end, 
is is in his 30s. Darren Waller's in his 30s, and the third guy last year, I'm I'm forgetting, but um, my, Mike Kosicki though is is 25 years old at a position that is paid highly. I will tell you this right now: people will be stunned what Mike Kosicki gets if he hits the free agent market next year. It, I'm talking five years, 85 million dollars. Quote me on that right now. And the Dolphins have a decision to make on that when it comes to it because they could franchise tag him as well. And my hope is that Gasicki plays throughout this year. He has a great year. And then the Dolphins franchise him in 2022 because if they do that, they have two cheap years of labor out of Mike Gasicki as a high point tight end. Um, but other than that, I'm telling you, you either pay him or he's going to a different team eventually. And I'm glad you brought up the franchise tag because I just took a look here. The 2022 projected franchise tags and transition tag for a tight end are $11.3 million for the franchise tag and $9.6 million for the transition tag. And I would give Mike Gesicki... 11.3 million a year. Um and yeah and also also he'll hold out. That's that's my problem with that. Is No, and he holds out. You still hold the cards at that point. You can still trade him for something at that point. Or you can try to do what I was saying before and do that contract that's a little bit more backloaded than frontloaded. Uh if you do a 3-year contract with him, he'll hit the free agency market again at 28. Um and still be able to cash in in the prime of his career. Yeah, and we've talked to, we've talked about a lot of cap dollars here on the show, but the reality is, very simply, is the Dolphins have less money now, but they're going to have more money later, which yeah. which speaks to your point there. Um, but it's going to be a lot with Kasiki, and the, I, I think still that drafting Hunter Long early in the third round is a symbol that, hey, we just want to take Hunter along and put him at the tight end spot. We're going to let Mike Kosicki walk here after the 2021 season, maybe franchise him in 2022, um, and get that third or fourth round compensatory pick. I, That's my feeling of what's going to happen now because it's going to be outrageous what Kosicki gets if he capitalizes on the the season that he had in 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 twenty in twenty twenty. So, and and I think I think he's one of those guys that if you franchise tag him, you will be able to trade him if it comes down to it. And I think he's very tradable um, as far as that goes. And I think you're going to see a fairly high pick come back in return because he he does have a physical skill set that's alluring to a lot of folks. But I think Miami drafted Hunter Long. Because they've been searching for that complimentary piece across from Mike Kosicki um, ever since they drafted Durham Smythe. And I don't think guys like him and Shaheen have quite been it. But, you know, it, it, it could go either way. I mean, they could turn around and draft a tight end high next year and say, Oh, know, God. I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. Draft tight end. Round one, fullback in round two, baby. Let's go. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I already ruined I, the next year draft for you. Look, is that? It, but 
Also, what we need to consider, too, is that I would rather... I, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to Mike Kosicki, I, if, if he were the focal point of the offense or, or one of the focal points, then I would, you know, in the future pay him five years, $80 million if he replicates what he did the, the, this past year. But I don't think that's the direction the Dolphins are heading. But that is a conversation for another day. We've gone way off, way off the grid here at, at a lot of points here. So in the chat, uh, what else has, uh, has, uh, has stuck out tonight? Oh my God. We've, we've got a lot of conversation about Wilson, Gesicki, um, what they, what folks think think happens there uh, yeah no it's 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 mostly mostly covering a lot of that a lot of folks that are are back and forth on Gasicki uh, as far as what they should do with him uh, not a lot uh, what's up digging in the trenches uh, but yeah no so, so Mike Mike Gasicki is 25 years old right now and he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year so I'll ask our chat if they extended him, what would you pay him? And let us know in the and, comments after the fact too, because I yeah, absolutely. I mean, because my what I think is going to happen again is is that uh, Gasicki's going to play this year and may get franchised next year, but after that, I I think he's gone. Because Actually, you know what, I I would like to see not just in the comments, but also in 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 the chat if if folks do know. Um, I'd like to see who folks think are going to make the the team at both wide receiver and tight end because this is such a weird, controversial group, and I'm so curious as far as what a lot of folks' thoughts are, as well as if they have anybody that they think is going to be a surprising cut or trade. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. So that will do it for our breakdown of the wide receiver and tight end spot. We've been just all over the place. We've been burdening to talk about so many things here with with the wide receivers the tight ends Xavier Howard Tua just uh everything fullbacks as it relates what's that fullbacks <laughs> oh god uh, no never <sighs> follow me at Brian Cat NFL and Paul at fanatic underscore fanatic underscore pick underscore pick man I I've got to get my stuff together there. Um, and uh, uh, be sure to follow us here as well throughout the, uh, throughout the off season and into the preseason and training camp as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save 